tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Ted is operating scissors and I'm concerned for his safety. Distillation. Ah. Oompa, oompa, dumpity dunk. I've got the drink that will make you drunk. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Nick, Nick. What? You're back. I'm back. Well, I'm not the only one that's back, Ted. I'm back too. Yeah, we're both back. We're back in Waffle HQ, ready to do another podcast. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple of weeks, so I think it's time that we grace the airwaves with our semi-drunken rambling. Yeah, look, the people miss us. Mm, yeah, all of them. What? Or one of them? Yeah, I'm sure there's two. I'm sure there's two. Oh, yeah. Hi, Mum, and <laughs> your mum. Yeah, that's it. Both got mums. We've both got listeners. Yep, that's yep. it. They've got to do it out of love, really. Mm, yeah, yeah. Radio, shall we uh, get waffling? Yep, that's enough of mums. On to the whiskey. Good, good. The waffle. Okay, Nick. I think that this is probably a good time to have a little chat with our avid listener. All right, okay. Listeners. Our mums again. Uh, Look, what I was going to say is, I think it's about time that we had a little chat about how you actually make whiskey. Yeah, that's probably something something we haven't talked about here on the podcast just just yet. So, what's the difference between whiskey and and ooh vodka or, or rum? You know, apart from awesomeness. Well, there is a couple of biggies. The first being in the ingredients, which we actually have had a little bit of a chat about uh, before on a previous podcast. But it is good to go over it again. Uh, it's always good to go over those ingredients, especially in distilled form in your glass. Oh, absolutely. Ooh. And what what do we have in our glass at the moment? Um, some duty free Glenfiddich. Mm. Always a good little pickup. Mm. It it tastes it tastes um, slightly of orange dishwashing um, <laughs> in a good way, but in a good way. Dare I say sour plums? Oh, dare you say it? Mm, I, I dared. think you just did. I dared. You did dare. Mm. All right, but no, we're going off off topic. Yep. Sorry, Glenfid, you'll have to wait. How do you make whiskey then, Ted? Tell me how you make it. Well, to make whiskey, we need three key components. Mm -hmm. We need some water. I think you probably most people know what that is. They've heard of it in most places. H2O. Yeah, Outback Australia is not quite so familiar with it at the moment. (laughs) Um, Okay, then you need a grain of some sort, and you need a little bit of everybody's food. Favourite domesticated animal? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Kittens? No, not kittens. Not at at all. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeast. So, you mentioned grain. I did. I did mention grain. So, we're pretending we're making a single malt whiskey. So, the grain that we're going to use is malted barley. Malty barley? No, malted barley. Malted barley. Malted grain? No. Uh, you're obviously still quite confused about this subject. Yes. Right, so I'll try to help you out. Mm. Okay, so to make some malted barley, what you do is you get some barley and you put water on it. What does that do? It makes it wet. Okay, yeah. But it also uh, causes it to start sprouting mm. um, or Pea germinating. Pea sprout. Yeah, germination. It's mm. it's cool. Um, Especially in Germany. Yeah, that whole German nation. <laughs> Deutschland, Deutschland. Right. So anyway, but what happens that when you start germinating the barley, mm. um, it starts developing sugar, which is what the plant's essentially going to use to make itself grow big and strong. Mm. But 
It's also what our little favourite domesticated household pets, not kittens, yeast, okay. yep, yep. Um, use to make alcohol. Um, so what you do, once it's developed enough sugars for the yeast to eat, you cook the barley and that kills it dead. Better than killing it alive. Well, I mean, it kind of is alive when you kill it, yeah. but it certainly is dead afterwards. Mm. Um, no, no, but what that is called is malted barley. That's hey, just the name for it. Nice. So we've got our malted barley. We've got our kittens. Yeast. We've got our yeast. Yep. Um, I presume we have access to some water, you know. Yep. The tap's the tap. just out there. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So what do we do with all these three things, Ted? Nick, hmm? we make some beer. Beer? Well, I mean, kind of. Okay. So it's actually beer that's missing one key ingredient. Do you know what that key ingredient is? Um, kittens? No. It's not yeast. It's not yeasty kittens. No, no. What it's not it? puppies either. No, <laughs> that was my next guess. <laughs> it is. Oh, uh, rabbits. No, oh, I, was, I was actually thinking frogs. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's hops. Yep. Yeah, so hops. They're, they're the little uh, flowery things that you use to uh, make beer with. Mm. So now uh, we've decided what hops are. We don't use them. No, we don't. No. We definitely don't use them. No. We've kind of tried some hopped whiskey before and it was a bit weird. Yeah, do you remember what it was called? No, it was very hipstery though. Oh, it was so hipstery. Yeah. You quite liked it, didn't you? Yeah, but then again, I quite like beer, but I'm still not sure I'm convinced of I, it as a whiskey. So our, um, our, our, our whiskey host, Andrew, he did rather like it. Ted didn't mind it. I was, you know, I, I won't say I was on the fence. I was probably on the other side of the fence sort of peering over and wondering what these strange neighbours are doing, playing tennis in their underwear. But um, you, Well, I, I, I have a feeling that you were quite sort of uh, angrily pruning your privet hedge yeah, and yeah. Uh, complaining bitterly to your wife about what the neighbours were up to. So angry that I accidentally chopped the head off my giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hedge, hedge uh, giraffe. We're, we're completely off topic again. again. Um, no, so we've, we've not added hops. No, good. But So what we do actually use our um, barley and water to do is make some barley juice. Yep. And this is called wort. Okay. So what we do next is we stick our yeast into the wort, which then starts eating up all the sugars in the wort like tiny little Pac-Man. Mm. And this is called fermentation. Ah, that magical process. Mm, so magic. after our tiny little yeasty Pac-Man are done, mm -hmm. what you kind of get is a sort of sour, unhopped beer soup. And this is called wash. It's more delicious than it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Well... You say it's, it's not overly delicious. No, it's, it's not really. But it's going to be turned into something delicious. Mm. And to do that, what we do is we stick it in a big copper kettle. Mm. And this is called a still. Is it still? Well, it stays still. It's, it's bloody heavy in a lot of cases. Okay, fair enough. Um, once you heat it up, it's freaking yeah. hot, so you can't move it anywhere. So it does stay still, yeah. Yeah, and that's what we're going to do next. Mm. We are going to heat it up and heating... Up the still, and the liquid inside it causes it to evaporate. And this is called a distillation. Ah. Okay, so we've distilled it once, but we're going to distill it again because the first run is pretty rough. Um, mm, it's yeah. not its not quite up to the level of alcohol we want it. What? It, it begins to taste like armpits. It's around about 26%. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's like mm. your minimum whiskey is sort of 40%, so we're, we're halfway there. So mm. what we need to do is distill it again, which concentrates... Um, which concentrates the alcohol, mm. gets rid of some of the water, concentrates the alcohol. Now, on that second time round, mm. we're going to let the first bit of uh, liquid off the still run away. Um, and this is called the fours. 
Yeah, the, and we let that go because it has some toxic nasties in it, like methanols. Yeah, and don't, don't things, listen to don't listen like to Jedi's. Jedi's say use the force. Mm. We we don't do that in the whiskey industry. No, what we actually do is we take the middle part of the run. This is called the heart, and then we get rid of most of the last bit of the uh, run. Um, yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's called the faints or the tails. Yeah, and it's not because they're particularly dangerous. They just don't taste that great. Just they taste, taste a bit rubbish. Yeah, they taste a bit like feet. Yeah, but sometimes you can go delving a little bit into the tails, can't you? Just yeah. to get some character. Yeah, it makes it makes just that uniqueness in the whiskey. Oh, it makes it so unique. <laughs> Set yourself up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but um, I think that. The the nastiness from the tails does edge off over time. So if you've got 12 years to stick in the barrel, sure. But Yeah, I think some of those molecules actually make a really interesting difference mm. to the final spirit. But, but anyway, get a good clean spirit. Just Nick, Nick, so, so we've like we've we've got rid of the fours, we've kept mm-hmm. the hearts, and we've yep. kept a little bit of the um the faints. Do we have whiskey? Uh no, no, we don't oh. have whiskey. Um we essentially just have like a, a barley vodka. Which is called a new make spirit. Hey, you're on it. Um, it's crystal clear. It's potent as heck, and uh, probably close to most of most of what people think of as moonshine. Um, doesn't look much like whiskey though. Ted, how do we actually transform this clear spirit into into actual whiskey? Ah, well, that's the fun bit, sort of. I mean, it's all fun, mm. especially the the la- very very last bit, which we'll get to soon. Um, but what we need to do next. What we do next, Nick, mm. is, is, you ready for this? I'm ready. My, my body is ready. Always ready. Mm. Um, we need to get some oak planks uh, and then strap them together in, right. into kind of a cylindrical shape yep. using some iron hoops. Yeah, which is actually called a barrel. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, and, then, and then what you do, though, is you get your barley moonshine and you stick it in the barrel barrel, quote-unquote, wherever you get these terms from, (laughs) and you leave it there for a whole bunch of solar cycles. Which are called years. What are you... I I don't know what you're on about here. (laughs) Um, But then once it's ready, you pour it into bottles, Mm -hmm. and then once you've done that, chuck some in a glass and then slosh it into your oral cavity. Called a mouth. What are you on about? (laughs) What are these terms? I I don't... don't, Anyway... I'm sorry, folks. He's weird. But <laughs> there you have it. That's it. That's how you make whiskey, sort of in a nutshell. Mm. And uh, look, okay, thank you for your translations. They were very helpful in the end. Well, Ted, we do tend to waffle. I just wanted to make sure the listeners knew what the heck we're on about. Yeah, it's probably important. But yeah, there you go. Like, we could break a lot of these um, processes down a lot more and talk about all sorts of little nuances in it. But We really, did tend to go off on a few tangents. Yeah. Mainly well, mainly frogs and bunnies. Yeah. We are whiskey waffle after mm, all. This is it. But yeah, that's kind of how you make whiskey. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our little spiel about making whiskey. I'm sure a bunch of our listeners have heard this many times before, but not all of you have heard it from the waffle perspective. Yep. How do you know if it's older? I don't know, really. It's 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 got more eagles flying over it. The whiskey. Yep, I'm ready-ish. Good, so am I. Because Good. it's time for some whiskey. Excellent. That would be an ideal thing to do on the whiskey. Yep. Do you have any? Do I? I, I thought you were bringing the whiskey. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, I brought oh, some whiskey. Phew. Well, and? Yep. Yeah, what is it, Ted? What is it? 
I need to actually no, I just pour it in my glass. I don't care. No, I've, I do care. I've got it in a bag. It's in a bag. It is in a bag. Hmm. What is it, Ted? What is this? It? Is, this is a funky little one that first found out about in a bar, Gold Bar to be exact, oh. um, down in Hobart. Yeah. And Gold I was bar. so impressed with it that I convinced the owner of the bar to order a bottle of it for me. Yeah. And did he? He did. And is this the one that's in your bag right now? It is. It's fa- in fact not in sort of my uh, like shoulder carrying bag. Mm. It actually comes in its own little cool funky uh, bag of its own. So it doesn't come in a box. It doesn't come in a box. It comes bag. in a bag. Mm. And it is from Corowa Distilling uh, Co. Corowa Distilling Co. Sounds curious. Sounds very non-Scottish. It is not Scottish at ah, all. That would be why. Corowa. 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 Isn't that type of bird? Uh, that's a Corella, mm. which is like a galah. Right. Oh, God, this lid's on really tight. Oh, you don't need that. So, Corowa. Corowa is a town in New South Wales, mm. which is a bit of Australia for those who are overseas listeners and don't know. It's not, not in the south of actual Wales. No, it's uh, in the colony of New South Wales. And it was a little town that was based on the uh, Murray River. And it used to be quite popular for its uh, boat trading, but then eventually they uh, invented the road. And so they stuck the roads into there and kind of the town... Currawong! Of- oh, you're thinking of Currawong! Currawong, that's the type of bird. Anyway, sorry, back to the town. Yes, yeah, so Currawa, Murray River, built roads, kind of the town sort of, yeah, just was consumed. That bit of the river trade went away. Um, turned out though that there was an empty flour mill in the town, which was just sitting around doing nothing much. F L O U R F L O W E R. The F L O U R type. I don't know of many mills that mill. Um, I didn't F-L-O-W-E-R. know you can. I didn't know you can make whiskey out of flour, Ted. Well, you can't, but you can use it to house a distillery. Ah. Not flour itself, but you can use a flour mill to yeah, true. house. Nice old building. I do believe they're doing something in Oatlands. Yes, similar. it is Oatlands. Mm. Uh, the old mill in Oatlands. But yeah, this is a similar thing. Um, they are some guys. Now, uh, let me just look up a name here. I had it. I had it here. You had it in your head, but then it disappeared. Yeah, I did have it in my head. I did a. I did a quick uh, bit of uh, googling before I uh, did this. Because let's be honest, we don't know anything. Dean Druce. Oh, good old Dean Druce. Dean Druce. Druce, get us, get us to the distillery. We'd uh, love, we'd love to yeah, come say hi. Dean Druce uh, started it up. Now, Dean Druce, interestingly, mm-hmm. as well as owning a distillery, yep. he also apparently owned... An old flour mill. He, <laughs> he, did, he did own that as well. Apparently uh, paid the local council for it, according to my high-quality internet source. One dollar. One dollar. Must have been a pretty shabby building that they were just like trying to get, get rid of. Um, no, he also owned mm. the Juni Licorice and Chocolate Factory Company in Wagga Wagga. Oh, well, One of well, the most Australian-sounding towns. Yeah, but Wagga Wagga is actually a decent-sized town, so yes, must be must be worth his salt, this Druce fella. Yes, but once uh, he got the flour mill distillery up and running in Corowa, mm. he also moved the chocolate factory there as well, I believe. Because all so the now, tourists want to come to Corowa. Yep. Well, they so do now. now. Whiskey and chocolate. Yeah, now think like... An old flour mill. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. But with, <laughs> with whiskey. whiskey. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Oompa, oompa, dunk, 
I've got a drink that will make you drunk. Yeah, continue. Nice. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's Korowa. Um, they're a fairly recent uh, crowd, as most Australian ones are. True. But yes, they have made a whiskey. They have made a whiskey. They yes. had a they had a first release, and this is not it. Oh. Because well, this okay. is the second release. A second release smelling amazing, Ted. Yeah. Now, the do, you, sec- do you want to do the tasting note? Or I'll, I'll do the tasting note on yeah. this one. I'll leave it to you. Yeah. But no, so the this... The tasting note. There's only one. Yeah, there is only one. <laughs> um, no, so this is... This second release is called the Bosque Verde. Which, Bosque Verde. Bosque Verde. Which, well, Verde being green? Which is not... Yes. Yes. Verde being green. Bosque being brown? No. Hmm. No. Bosque Verde is not a type of alcohol. Now, usually the, these things refer to like a type of sherry or something. Like a, like a cask type. Yeah. That's not what this is. Mm. This is this is just a name. Apparently, it means in Spanish. 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 Yeah. Um, it means green forest. Okay. Yep. And it refers, I believe it's either the farm or just a... A ref- farm. <laughs> the farm, a farm, or some farms in the local area where they got the majority of the grain that went into this whiskey from. In Spain? So, no. I believe it's in the Coroa area. Oh, okay, right, yeah. When I was reading up, I was a bit confused on that <laughs> point. So if if Coroa could please write into Whiskey Waffle. And, um, <laughs> at whiskey waffle, uh, whiskey waffle at gmail.com, just so you know, Coroa. Yep. Drusy, get and, into us. Yeah, but I believe it refers, it's to pay homage to the... Uh, uh, distiller, uh, not distilleries, the farms in the area who supplied the grain in or Spain. the farm. It may oh, be, in, 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 in New South, South Wales. Wales. Yeah. It may be a farm called Bosque Verde. I don't know. Yeah. If you, if you own a farm called Bosque Verde, um, no, sorry, <laughs> continue. Um, so, no, so this, this hasn't been aged in Bosque Verde casks. No. What sort of cask has it been in? It's been aged in American oak port barrels for just mm. under three years. Yep. And it has, so this was distilled on the, 10th of the 5th, 16. So not that long. I remember 2016. I do too. It's a good year. Yep. And it has been uh, bottled at 60%. Excellent. Yeah. It's pretty good, eh? Yes. Um, oh, here you go. Corowa mm. looks like, according to this number on the front of the bottle, that it's been going since 2010. Okay, right. So this is their second release, but it, yeah. it does take a while to get off the ground, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Oh, here. Huh. There's more no. information on the... He, he's more. looked up the Wikipedia, but he hasn't read the back of the bottle yet. Well, there's not really anything on the back of the bottle. There's, it, it doesn't have the usual spill. But the he's spill it the does have says $1 plus a dream plus the dreaded distiller equals Corowa Distilling Co. Ted, we need to visit them. We do. Anyway, let's talk about what it tastes like. Mate, okay. Mm. Here comes the distilling note. The distilling note. The distilling note. Uh, tasting the, note. The tasting note as well, yeah. Yep. The tasting note. Here it comes. This whiskey mm. smells like someone has taken a fruitcake and blended it and poured it into a glass. You're not wrong, Ted. You are, you are like, we use fruitcake or Christmas pudding as a tasting note all the time. And yet I had no idea how accurate that tasting note could be until I tried this whiskey. This basically tastes like someone's taken Nana's fruitcake and shoved it in a bottle. It is. It's not just it's not just any old home brand fruitcake. This is grandma's fruitcake. Yep. It's rich. It's I'm really rich. A bit afraid that I'm gonna bite into a coin while yeah. drinking this. Yeah, no, it's it's got a lot of It's all the glacé cherries, it's got some um chopped up um hazelnuts. It's it's the rich cake, like yeah. really rich well, moist see, cake. 
Christmas cake, fruit mm. cake, has similarities with whiskey mm. because, like, whiskey, <laughs> as we know, develops character as it ages. Yep. Fruitcakes do as well because fruitcakes, well, they contain a bit of alcohol and quite yep. high sugar contents. You can leave them for a long time. And the more you like, the longer you leave them, the more mold they develop on the outside. No, 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 they don't. They don't develop mold. (laughs) What they do develop is character. They all the fruit sort of sogs up and gets richer and juicy and fruitier and darker and more. Do you think, Ted, that this was in fact aged in a fruit cake, not a barrel? It could have been. Mm. Like fruit cakes are probably pretty impervious too. So I reckon you've just got to find a way of wringing it out. Yeah. Mm. So no new casking method. Sherry cask, bourbon cask, fruit cake. Basically, I think your enjoyment of this whiskey comes down to your views on fruit cakes. Mm. Some people can't stand fruit cake, like right. it's it's the the devil of the um, cake family. Whereas if you love fruit cake, this is like the moistest, and I can use this word uh, properly here, the moistest, juiciest, <laughs> most richest, succulent, most succulent fruit cake <laughs> in the world. Um, this is true, and I will I will argue that there are fruit cakes and then there are fruit cakes, and this is fruit cakes. It's got a bit of ginger in there. Yeah, I think. it does. Um, now let's let's now we've um, waxed lyrical about the nose. What about the flavour? Yeah. Oh, yep, definitely sixty percent. Definitely sixty percent. Oh, but it's 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 not rough though. That's the thing. It's warm. Mm. It's very, it's very warm. It's I can hot. taste the glacé cherries. This is, this is ridiculous. I'm still, I'm getting a lot of cinnamon mm-hmm. in there, um, and oh god, I'm struggling for words now. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a revelatory experience. Look, it, it's what we can say is it's very Australian. It is. I love me some Scottish whiskey, but I've not tasted anything even bordering on this. Yeah, back in the motherland. Small barrels. I yeah. assume. I assume probably small sure. barrels. Three years. You don't release hundred liter yeah. cask after three years. Three years. New South Wales. Quite hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume down near the Murray River. It's probably going to be pretty. Yeah. Pretty warm. Oh yeah. Inlands. So you're going to get pretty, like, big swings in temperature. Harsh mm. aging. You know, I think as delicious as this is, the angels drunk half of it. I reckon so. Mm. They're pretty happy angels too. Oh. I'm a happy angel right now. I think if you're looking for something, and as I said, like I tried this just off spec on in a pub, yep. in a bar. Thanks, Ian. I said, "Yep, that one looks good." Tried it, and I was like, "You've got to get me a bottle of this." <laughs> I'm so pleased he did because I was, I was a, I've got to try it as well. I was a few drinks to the wind by that stage, so it seemed like the best idea in the world. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was because this stuff is fantastic. It, yeah. <laughs> If if you if you're looking for I don't know like if the grain really did come from um like within a stone's throw from the distillery mm. and it's been aged there and all the stuff sort of comes from there apart I think it was extra American oak barrel so the barrels probably come from overseas but this is this is terroir in a barrel <laughs> it is it is and like we say like fruitcake isn't for everyone so I assume this whiskey isn't for everyone but what I say is some people are crazy. Yeah. Look, oh, you know what I wish we had? What's that? I wish we had some Corowa chocolate oh, to go to go with this. Pairing, isn't it? That would be great well, pairing. Ted, when we go and see old Juicy, yep. when he invites us around, we will pair it with a chocolate. Well, there you go. It might not be for everyone, but I tell you what, at the moment in my whiskey drinking life, this is right in my wheelhouse. 
this does it for me. It really does. It's pretty amazing. Golden Dram contender. Definitely. Mm. Whiskey Waffle, out. We should, we should probably think of some answers first. We should probably we... think of some answers. No, 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 no. Off the cuff, Ted. Off the cuff. That's how we do things. From the spirit sack. So, Ted, uh, I do believe you've got some, some fan mail. I have. Wait, Russell, Russell. I'm rustling in the sack right now. He's rustling the digital sack. Yeah, <laughs> if you know what I mean. That's the, that's the most roundabout euphemism I've ever had. Anyway. <laughs> we have received a letter from a fan. Yep. Just the one. Well, we only have one. We only do it for one listener, really. Yeah. Mm. Who's no? Who sent us this um, bit of uh, spirit sack goodness, Ted? So this this is a uh, this is a letter from a, a person. Definitely a letter. Definitely a letter. Yeah. Hold on. It says yours sincerely at the end. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Rustle some paper. Good job. There you go. I can see. Yeah. E- you, everyone can see that this is a letter, right? Now you whip your phone out and read the comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is from a personage that we know as. Cleon sips whiskey. Ah, oh, but Cleon does sip whiskey. Yeah. No, we've we've had some good conversations with Cleon. Bit of yep. a champion. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being a passionate fan. Hmm. Um, this is for you. <laughs> but this this is for us. True. Cleon asks uh, asks us a question. Does he? Yes. Hmm. What? What are some entry level whiskies to try for new drinkers for Japanese slash Irish slash American slash Tassie whiskies? Okay, so entry levels for Ireland, yes. Yep. Um, America. America, yes. Tasmania, okay. Yep. Japan. We laugh only because it pains us. Yes, uh, entry level Japanese. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, what, what did we used to buy back in the day? A bit of Yamazaki. Well, I bought a bottle of Yamazaki. 12 year old uh, for under $100 I believe yeah, and how much the second bottle cost you Ted a hair over 200 <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so Japanese whiskey is at an interesting point at the moment but yeah, there are, a- we, we, we've got to try and answer it somehow yeah, okay so well, there let- are those distillers editions yeah let, let's answer, let's sort of say one thing so Japanese the reason that we're laughing at this is because Japanese whiskey through a combination of poor barrel and stock management plus a massive upsurge in sort of the last 10 years has led to the decimation of their stocks. Mm. And so market forces being what they are have driven the prices very well up. Mm. So what what would you consider getting like a 12-year-old, sort of just a standard 12-year-old like scotch for in price rise? Uh, on an average, you'd want to clock in under, under 100, certainly probably be around that sort of 80, 90 range. Yes, whereas, days. as I may have just revealed, I may have picked up a bottle of Yamazaki 12 for just a hair over 200 And that was a bargain. And that was a bit of a bargain. But they are releasing NAS, some no-age statements. Yeah, and so you've got your distiller's editions. Now, basically, they're similar but younger and come in a shiny box. Yeah, so they're... This they're, is uh, Suntory, isn't it? Yeah, Suntory. Um, Yamazaki, Yamazaki, Hakushu. Yeah, Yamazaki and Hakushu are you probably your two contenders. Cheetah. And Cheetah, which is their grain whiskey. Actually, in terms of entry levels, you know, Cheetah, you might be able to afford. Yeah. And look, I I can't bring them straight to mind, but I have seen a number of sort of similar and nazi things from various distilleries. There's a few other Japanese whiskey distilleries, yeah. but some of them are just releasing a bit of rubbish. I mean, yeah, the- we, we won't go fully into White Oak right now, but... 
yeah, White Oak, the Tokonoka, um, Iwai, Mars, yeah. which is, yeah, not great. It's not brilliant. But there is one we're forgetting. Yes. And I don't know if it is still available because people are starting to discover how good it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yep, I'm sure you can find it. Nika from the Barrel. It's a good one. Uh, unfortunately, it's also expensive for its size because it only comes in a 500ml bottle. But it's cast strength. It is cast strength and it's... Really good. Mm, it is. It's great. So if you can find Nicker from the barrel, by the barrel. From the barrel. Yeah, if you can buy it by the barrel, I would get myself yeah, a few so of them. Yeah, Nick, so being Suntory's sort of major opposition in the mm, whis- Japanese exactly whiskey it. world. Yeah, so Nicker from the barrel is what I would recommend. Let's talk Ireland. Yeah, let's talk Ireland. So, Ted, you like to sprout lots of stuff about Jamos. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in, in Ireland, there's like two distilleries. Um, there's There's only... Four big ones. <laughs> yeah. No. But there are a bunch of we're, small We're being a we're being a bit through. unfair here. Because of well, because of certain events in uh, Irish whiskey's history, there used to be heaps of distilleries and they all kind of collapsed into these massive super giants of that had stables of brands that all came out of this one out of these single sort of yeah. massive distilleries. But yeah, I I think, Nick, that Jamos Jamison ja- we we also discovered this little argument the other day. We call it Jamison's but then someone pointed out the other day, what, you mean Jameson's? Jameson's? James, What? Did Jamo still work for Does both? not compute. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, Jameson's, Jamison's, whichever you prefer to call it. That's I think the it's, cheapest one, isn't it? I think it's one of the best cheap whiskies in the world. It's, well, it's certainly one of the cheap whiskies in the world. I think, though, like, if you're really looking for an entry-level one, it's triple distillation, which makes it smooth. Mm. It's easy to drink. I see your Jamos, Ted, and I raise you Bushmills. Oh, yes. Bushmills are from the north, right up there, and they are one of the only Irish distilleries that actually just produces one brand, Bushmills, and it is triple distilled, but they also got one called the Black Bush. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called Black Bush, but it, uh, it's called Black Bush because it's darker in colour because they matured in sherry barrels, and mm. that is what I would recommend for an entry-level Irish Maybe if you wanted to go slightly more, we've come across one called Writer's Tears. Mm, and that which, is good. Yeah, which is, they've got a couple of different ex- expressions. Also, the name is fun. Mm, it is, it is. Or, you know, if you're going up sort of that range, why not why stop there? Just get some green spot. Yeah, that is slightly getting out of entry level, though, I it suppose. Is, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's entry level for the upper echelons. All right, how long do we start talking about America for? America. It's a can of worms. Well, basically, we can reveal to our listeners that... Exactly what bourbon tastes like. Yeah. All bourbon tastes like bourbon. Bourbon, yeah. Um, we'll go into this more in another day, and feel free to leave us angry, patriarchal messages in the comments, but we think bourbon tastes like bourbon. Patriarchal or patronizing? No, no, no. Patriotic. Oh, patriotic. Yeah, I, thought, I, I, thought you, I thought you were the, like... The thought patriarchy. Fe- yeah, I thought feminists were going to get yeah, onto okay. us for some reason. Um, as for entry level, look, what can we say? Um, I I like me some Buffalo Trace. Yeah, Buffalo Trace isn't bad. Um, um, entry level, entry level. Um, to be fair, all bourbon tastes like bourbon. So just get some freaking Jim Beam and mix it with Coke and make yourself happy. Look, if you really want to find something cool, um, find one called... Uh, Kings County, I God, believe. You have strayed so far from entry level. Oh, I know, but it, it was it was like really good bourbon. Though. Okay, what about entry level single malt American whiskey? 
Entry level single malt American whiskey. I'm gonna Have we tried the Koval? K O V A L? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I'm thinking the answer is no, unless it was at Whiskey Live, in which case that doesn't count. Yeah. I'm going with that that uh, Westlands. Yeah, I was I was just trying to think of what they were called. Um that yeah, Westlands. Westlands? Mm. West Farmers, shifty eyes. Westmead. No. <laughs> uh yeah, Westland. I think that's what it's called. Mm. That was they were pretty good. They've got a couple of different expressions. They've got a peated one. They do. And it's good. Mm. Yeah. So all bourbon tastes like bourbon, but then America also makes single malt whiskey. There's as well. more and more American single malt slam to come yeah. out. Just not available in Tasmania. America, you know, there is a world outside America. Please get some to Tassie. Yep. Speaking of Tassie. Mm. Yes. Entry level Tassie. <laughs> Where do we go with it? So entry level, let's talk price. The only one price wise that we could really discuss is our local boys. Yeah, Helly's Road. Helly's Road. And um as much as we will we will defend Helly's Road, um, you know, to our to our grave. That is the hill we will die on. Mm. Um it is not necessarily representative of Tasmania whiskey. It's its no. own thing. It is its own thing. If you were going for a Helly's Road, what would we say? Probably well, they've seen entry entry uh, entry level ten. Entry, yeah, I suppose entry level the Pinot cask. The ten, if it's the ten, yeah, still. the ten, the ten year olds probably a good place to start. Mm. Um, now we just take a sort of a, a quantum leap into the next yes. level of Tasmanian whiskey. What's a affordable one? So uh, Sullivan's Cove White Label. Yeah, yeah Sullivan's, so Sullivan's Cove. Sullivan's Cove I think that um, even though it's a 500ml bottle, but Hangar 17, that's not what they're called, Launceston Distillery, yeah, actually do offer a decent price. But gosh, if you're talking entry level, that's not it. Adams? Currently $400 a bottle. Yeah, they are going to... Not look, it. Adams Adams is one to look out for because they have upped their production scale massively. And so in theory, their prices are going to just keep coming Bell down. Grove Brown Rye? Mm. Probably not it um, in no, terms of entry level. It's great, though. It. It's absolutely it, fantastic. It's fantastic. Over um, him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, Ted, this is what I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose... To me? The, yeah. Um, oh. Will you accept my proposition for a Tasmanian entry-level whiskey? Maybe. Because if, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw price out the window. I'm going to say the Ooh. best entry-level Tasmanian whiskey you can get is the Lark Distiller's Selection, 46%. Mm. Not because it is affordable, it is not, but because that is what made us fall in love with Tasmanian whiskey. Yeah, that was a pretty amazing drop that we had that afternoon. Mm. Look, we had it um, a few years back, and then... The it, Lark Cellador. Yep, the Lark Cellador, and then it disappeared. It, it yeah, went they, they ran out of stock. From, yeah. In fact, yeah, it's a big problem that affects all Tasmanian whiskeys and Japanese. Yeah. They ran out of product, but... It was fantastic while it lasted. They have brought it back recently, but time will tell whether we regard it with the same high praise that we're currently lashing upon it. Yeah, look, basically, if you're looking for Tasmania whiskey above Hellier's Road, then you're going to have to lash out. Yeah. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah. At least until Adams comes online and they start bringing their prices down a bit, I think. But- and ruin the entire industry. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> controversial. But there you go, Cleon. I think I we hope that answers your question slightly. Thanks thanks for sending us a big letter. Oh how I want to break free. <laughs> okay, that's the sense solo. I'll stop now. How is that relevant to whiskey? Well you said it's strange but it's true. Ah, uh- well, 
I do believe that that brings us to the end of this little waffle session. Aww. I know, I know. We're just getting warmed up, but um, we'll have to save some of that till next time. Yeah, look, in the future, we'll have to, yeah, do a few more whiskey sessions, do a bit, little bit more waffling. Turn the microphones on. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. It's a really crucial step, isn't it? <sighs> there was We had a whole amazing conversation, which was really good. I think it was the best one we've done. And then we looked over and... There was nothing on the computer screen. Yeah. But that's right. That's the great lost episode. Yep. Anyway, um, where can our listeners find more of our wafflings, Ted? Well, they can find us on the Whiskey Waffle blog. If yeah. You go Whiskeywaffle.com. To whiskeywaffle.com. Yeah. It's a great resource for all your waffling needs. Especially Tasmanian whiskey reviews. I don't think there's anywhere better. I'm not just saying that. But you can also find us on our Facebook, our Twitter, or our Instagram. Or alternatively... Get on that carrier pigeon. Yep. Not literally, because it's probably not strong enough. <laughs> yep. Don't tie yourself to its leg. No. It's not going very far otherwise. Well, folks, until next time, keep on waffling. Good night. Good night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Okay, that's the synth solo. I'll stop now.